Welcome to Eurovision Queens! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a Eurovision podcast celebrating songs from across the contest's 66-year history. I'm Andy, and I know my poupée de cire poupée de son from my puppet on a string. And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision basic bitch who's here to learn more about the contest's history and maybe pick up a few new dance moves along the way. Hello, how are you doing? Hey, we've made it to episode eight. Eight, lucky number eight. Lucky number eight. Why is it your lucky number? Oh, it just, just always has been. I love it. It's complete. It's... It doesn't go off in any odd directions, you know? It's just all it's eternal, <laughs> isn't it? It's eternity, isn't it? Ooh, it's eternity. And it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, like, things like when I did exams when I was younger, like, I'd always hoped there was an eight in the exam number or that the numbers added up to eight. That's not weird, is it? Not at all weird. <laughs> so the fact that my birthday is on the eighth, is, is that also, is that, that the only reason very why? <laughs> the only reason I'm with you. Wow. Yeah. Okay, farewell. At least but we like, know that. But like table numbers in restaurants as well. If it's number eight, I'm like, yes, this is going to be a good evening. <laughs> but it's not like you have to change the light switch eight times before you leave a room or anything like that, is it? Because that might be a bit too much. No, it's not that. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> it's not yet, anyway. Yes. So, um, what has been happening this evening here? We've just mm. been, we've waited to record this podcast because, first of all, crazy downstairs neighbour. Yeah, so we've been relegated into the bedroom because our downstairs neighbours decided to have a karaoke party for one because she's a crazy bitch. She's not all there, is she? She's not all there, but hopefully when this episode actually goes out, we will have moved. We'll be together um, elsewhere. We'll have a nice little bungalow. A nice little detached bungalow without any without any other people nearby. Without any downstairs and a garden and a garden, yeah. Imagine that, Jesus. So if anyone, if if you hear a thump midway through this episode, yeah. it's crazy downstairs smashing the having a fight with her ceiling like she often does. And also, I mean, you live in Warwick right now. I'm an occasional guest. Yeah. Um, Warwick's quite noisy, isn't it? Last oh. time we had the helicopters for the Commonwealth Games. And now and- there's a Dragon Slayer event going on <laughs> at the castle, so I get free fireworks every Where's night. It? Where's it happening? At the castle. At the castle. <laughs> the castle, darling. Oh, I see. <laughs> I thought it was happening at the castle. No, it's Warwick Castle. Oh, I see. Not Warwick Castle. Okay. It's Warwick Castle. Okay, good. I stand but, corrected. But yeah, there's a massive outdoor projection fireworks extravaganza happening so we had to pause while the last couple of fireworks were going off as well so we're finally so here podding they're very lucky aren't they that we finally made it well our nerves are hanging out at this point <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're getting there hopefully so for those who are tuning in for the first time imagine that i can't imagine it, it seems so unlikely but if they are if you are well if they're like you and eight is their lucky number oh, so yeah, they maybe they're, they're starting gone, at, gone eight in first. at number eight <laughs> Then we need to tell you how this podcast works. Each episode we play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. What are the first three, Ryan? So our first three categories are time-locked to different periods in Eurovision history. What do you mean by time-locked? I mean they're locked in time. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we've got the 2010s to present day, (gasps) then we go back to 90s and noughties, and then we go even further back to 80s and earlier. That's a big category, 80s and earlier, isn't it? Yeah, but we've got to keep it fairly wide because there's... Are you saying it's not so good? Uh, I'm is saying that, it's... Was that the implication? Yeah. <gasps> I'm saying there was a lot of carpet on the stage <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Lots of orchestras. <laughs> <laughs> not so many good songs, maybe. <gasps> Did we just say that? I can't believe you just said that. Anyway, the second three songs are a UK entry, the Bridesmaid Award for that song that came second in the Eurovision final, and perhaps most importantly, the Juice Award. Can you explain what the Juice Award is, Ryan? Oh, it's so named for my love of a band called Juice, yeah. who were cruelly denied the chance to represent the UK. So the song that we pick is something that didn't qualify from its national selection, Gosh. and it should have done. Well, we'll look forward to that one. Mm. And finally, what do we have as Song 7? Song 7 is a, is a randomizer choice. Ooh. 
And the randomizer <laughs> is... Oh, what a bit Kenneth Williams that. And the randomizer is... Oh. Do you know what the randomizer is? The randomizer is a chaos monkey, is what I'm trying yes. to say. The chaos monkey randomizer. Yeah, because we don't know what's going to come up. We don't it know what's going to come up. Uh, any song. <gasps> Do we want to try and guess already? Oh, yeah. Let's let's, let's have a guess. Cause I'm going to say 2010. I don't know why. Hang on. I'm getting out my, pa- my pen oh, and paper. Oh, it's getting serious. You're going to say what? 2010. 2010? Yeah. I'm going to say something older because it's never going to be something fun. Go on then. So I'm going to say... I'm going to maybe say 85. Ooh. Gosh. I don't think we've ever got to 85, have we? I don't know. Some years we seem to hang around like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, if you're on board with that structure of our podcast, those seven songs in seven categories, we're about to start. It's time for that familiar anthem. So first up, I can't actually quite believe that we haven't had this yet. I mean, it's just an amazing song and an amazing performance in our tens to present day category. Who have we got? We've got Katie miller Heike with Zero Gravity representing Australia in 2019. Hear you. So that was Kate Miller Heidke with Zero Gravity. Yeah, that's a good one, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> From the very beginning, though, it's so weird. It stands out completely differently, doesn't it? 
Yeah, and I think a big chunk of that is because you don't see the arena because of the staging of it, of everything. Yeah, you know, it's you, a slow reveal, isn't it? It's a slow reveal. She just looks like a cosmic princess in a galaxy. She looks like Glinda a bit from The Wizard of mm-hmm. Oz. She's got yeah. those sort of vibes. Particularly with, with the like crown of sparkles yeah, on yeah, and, and white. Yeah, particularly sort of like in terms of Wicked, the musical, which you haven't seen yet. You must see, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but then it zooms out, and then you see that she's got two other people there. And you said, didn't you, while we were watching it, that dress is long. <laughs> well, yeah. I, obviously, knowing what it is, it's like you just go, well, that dress is a little bit longer than normal. Yeah. And then it, it's like, oh, there's something fishy going on here. And then yeah. you realise, and then it goes into what it eventually turns into, yeah. like being on those, I don't even know what they're called, what, like a massive stilt they're stick. They're kind of a stilt stick, aren't swingy they? Swingy thing. They must be used by someone like Cirque du Soleil. I don't know. Yeah, but it, it makes them look a little bit like the inflatable sales things outside tire places yeah, know with, the, with the arms. The flapping, yes. <laughs> yes. What a brilliant performance. When I first watched this, it really sort of like just lit up the room. I was watching on a really crap TV in a batch in New Zealand. Do you know what a batch is? It's a roll. It's a holiday cottage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was in the Coromandel with my sister, and we we got up early in the morning to watch Eurovision, mm. which is weird. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen the semi-finals. Because you were away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one really stuck out, and we are like, oh, it's got to win! Australia's got to win! Now, interesting about the semi-finals, isn't it? Yes, we found that out researching this one. Yes, yeah. that it came... It actually won its semi-final. Yeah, it won semi-final one. But we looked at the songs that were in each group, and we decided, ah, yeah, semi-final one was weaker than semi-final two. Because mm. semi-final two had so much in it. The only other one that was really good in semi-final one was Friend of a Friend by like, Malawi, which mm. we must do at some point. Yeah, no, I like that one. Yeah. So you can tell that the crowd are behind the song. Uh, I mean, because they know it, don't they? <laughs> and they're singing it despite it being an operatic song. So I, I don't know how they're singing along to it. Somehow it's accessible, even though it's operatic. Usually that would be a turn-off, and I'd be like, oh, God, someone's trying to do opera mm. Eurovision. That's so, I don't know. That's almost a cliche in itself, I feel. But um, it just works so long because it's a perfect blend of pop and opera and madness. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's off the charts weird. That perfect blend of Eurovision. Yeah. Every part of it just perfectly balanced. Yeah. But this is not the first podcast I've talked about this song on. <laughs> it's not even the first time you've mentioned it on this one, to be fair. <laughs> but what was the other one then? Oh, on my Doctor Who podcast, World Enough and Time, which I run with my sister, um, Alex aforementioned, we sang this at the start of the episode because it was the next day. <laughs> and we sang it very loudly and screamily, but pretty good, actually. Uh, <laughs> poor Doctor Who fans. <laughs> we were obsessed at this point. <laughs> Do you want to find out more about Kate Miller-Heidke? Go for it. Okay. So, Australian, obviously, singer-songwriter and actress... Classically trained, hence the voice. She was going to go into musicals and everything, but then she... And she's done a few. But she went more into a pop route and released lots of different albums that went did really well. All reached the top ten of the Australian albums chart. And her most popular single was called The Last Day on Earth, which I've had a listen to. Very, very good. Mm. And that peaked at number three in the singles chart in Australia in 2009. So by this point, people knew who she was. I get the feeling she's kind of well-known in Australia. Yeah. So, you know. Well, and obviously because she went through in the national finals against our beloved Courtney Act. She did. Which I'm not mad about that she... No, that that, she won it. Yeah, that she won it. Yeah. And there was that other one, wasn't there? Wasn't it Electric Fence? That one we saw the other day that was second that night. And there's a lot of people wanting that one to win. Um, That single... From the Australian selection. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that was a good song too. It's a strong year. So the song is wonderful. The performance is really strong. You said about her smiling as well. She's so happy, isn't she? She delivers it really... Mm. At the very end, she just bursts into the biggest smile and it just... You can't help but smile back at that. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know what position it came? I do, yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) And it's criminally, it came ninth? Yeah. I mean, it was a tough year. To win the semi-final income ninth is Yeah, harsh. that seems a bit unfair. Yeah, we're not happy about that. Not okay. But I think she lit up the stage and the night in Tel Aviv in 2019 with Zero Gravity. Brilliant song. I feel a little guilty that we haven't played it yet because I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it our first Australian song on the podcast other than Courtney Act? No, because we did um, Sound of Silence. Of course we did. Brilliant. Like in the second episode. Okay. <laughs> wow. Because you fucking love that one too. <laughs> I do. 
<laughs> I do. So your Eurovision spiritual home is Australia and mine is Sweden, I think, at this point. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> right, so it's time to move on to 90s and noughties. And this is one of Ryan's choices. And this is Kela Kela by Sirushu, who represented Armenia in 2008. <laughs> What did you think of? Oh gosh, yeah, I'm not sure about this one now. Uh, it's one. I don't know how I know the song. I don't know where it's. I don't know how it crept into my. I think we watched 2008 like two years ago during the pandemic. Maybe. I think it's probably the Eurovision again. I don't know. But I think I must have been poking around on a couple of playlists and I found this one and it, it made. Like the song makes me happy. It, it's very much a me song. Yeah. But the staging wise, so it's her and three backing dancers slash gymnasts. Yeah. It's just not very good on the stage. I'll, I'll say that. No, it's a bit... But also yeah. she she doesn't seem very much at home on the stage. Yes, I think she... There's, it's there's new, a moment where it looks like her earpiece may have fallen out. Yeah. So maybe that just... Oh, you're being critical. Oh, I am. I mean, she had a very good frilly yeah. frock on and she a was white, doing... A white and grey ombre dress. Uh-huh. Yes. Fringe. Yes. Yeah. Thank with you. the fringe Thank and, you, and she's doing good hip movements and chest pumps can we talk about the male dancers in a bit more detail Ugh. they have suits on they've got big white underwear that sort of bulges up at their waist which is not attractive yeah like low rise trousers but if you have low rise trousers have, have tight nice waistband fitting <laughs> underwear they have these big old what's the equivalent of granny knickers for men <laughs> granddad knickers 
<laughs> anyway, um, and their hair, one of them has a mullet, and I can't cope with mullets. I can't no, but they're very it. fashionable again now, aren't they? Well, maybe it's come round again, because this was 14 years ago. So well, I yeah, know. I guess it is, actually, but yeah. Can we just say about Brooklyn Heights mullet, we can't cope with it? Well, yeah, we can't. <laughs> there, there's too many mullets on the current Canada's Drag Race. And Australia, because there's the and Molly Poppins with that hideous cut. Don't do it. Does anyone ever look good in a mullet? Has anyone ever looked good in a mullet? Write in, let us know. I feel like Pat Sharp didn't look bad in his mullet, but he, it was he a, was it was more that he was the mullet. He was the the mullet wore Pat Sharp. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. See, we understand each other. <laughs> I thought the song was quite fun. It was um, I that you know full of Eastern promise. You can't say it. that sounds a bit racist now. Full of Eastern promise. Um, mm, yeah, especially when Terry Wogan says it. But, <laughs> but it was. I thought it was simple, it was catchy. I bet if we were in a club, we'd dance along to it. Oh, completely, yeah. We'd be off our... We'd, like, down our drink and go and have all the hip action and pumping our chest along to it. All of it. All of it, yeah. We'd own the dance floor. But it didn't come over when we watched it then, but then maybe we're just not in the right mood and it's more... Yeah, I think, think, (laughs) like, the the studio recording is much better than the Eurovision recording. You probably listened to this and thought, what are they on about? That was amazing! In which case, apologies. It's quite early in the morning here and we've not had anything to drink, have we? Apart from coffee. coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So do we know how well it did? Oh, we do. We do, Because I don't know how well it did. (laughs) Well, <laughs> let me just find out for you. No, I do know. What do you think? I mean, what year is this again? This is 2008. I've got no... I can't recall anything from, like... My... One of the worst Eurovision years ever. Oh. Yes. I'm going to say 12th. No, I think it was 4th. Oh, OK. Let me just check for you. Yeah, placed 4th out of 25 countries. Oh, yeah. so that, that suggests that we should know this a bit more than... But do you know the ones that did really well that year? No. Yeah. Not off the top of my head, anyway. So, for those that don't remember, so we've already said that Sarusho came fourth with Kella Kella for Armenia. Well, we also had Kalamira, quite a similar song, very obvious pop song, super combination. We had Annie Lorak with Shady Lady for Ukraine. And, of course, another mullet, Dima Balan with Believe for Russia. I thought that was a really weak year. Didn't like it. No. So it looks like Russia clearly won, but everything else was fairly close. Yeah. I remember there was one point when Kalamira thought she was going to win it with Secret Combination and she went mental backstage, but mm. it was not to be. I think my favourite that year was Norway's Maria with Hold On Be Strong, but I'd need to revisit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's enough for 2008. But that is a Eurovision standard now, isn't it? I think that's... If you went to a Eurovision party in, in Europe, I think that would probably be on the playlist. Kelly, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to hope so. well with that hope in our hearts we go back in time to our 50s to 80s slot who have we got this time (laughs) or would you rather I say I I think I'd rather you say these words okay Okay, so we have Intet Nit Under Solan by Orsa Cleveland who represented Norway in 1966 well done Jeg vet om en gammel mann En som har levd lenge Jeg vet om en gammel mann En som har levd lenge Han er så snill når han spør mig Om hva som har hendt mig, Om solen har brent mig. Jeg svarer og søker trøst Han gynger i stolen Han sier med sprukken røst Intet er nytt under solen Han søyner er 
So we have just been enchanted, well I have, <laughs> I have anyway, by Orsa Cleveland singing Intet uh, Niet Under Solan, Solan even. So, mm, I liked that, it was different and it was, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came to this one fairly late, I think I saw it on a Eurovision clip show of, you know, old songs and I'd never really heard it before mm-hmm. and honestly, I just love this so much. I went through a phase during the pandemic of a week I had an also Cleveland week <laughs> where I just played all her old songs from the 60s and just loved it. She's a national hero in Norway because of her work for the um, Ministry of Culture, I think. And yeah, she was in office in the 90s. And I think she was responsible for Eurovision when it came to Norway in 1995 or 1996 when Nocturne won. So it came to Norway and she was head of Ministry of Culture at that time. So she was very oh. important with that, that edition of Eurovision, the one after that. Yeah, I think probably the 96 edition. I just love it. She's got a really interesting voice. It's really different. You can tell that there's a lot of power in it, but she's very much in control of it. Yeah. And it wanders. <laughs> it does. Um, I've also just remembered, like, 10 years before the 90s, she also hosted the Eurovision in 1986 after Bobby Sox won. Oh. So, yeah. So when it went went to Norway, she hosted it then. Oh, OK. So she's got quite a few Eurovision connections. Yeah. The song means there's nothing new under the sun. What position do you think it came in 66? Oh, third. Correct. Wow! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Getting good at these. You are. Ish. (laughs) Now, she was groundbreaking, not only in that she was bringing a very folky vibe, which was very strong, and I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but also because of what she was wearing. Why was that so groundbreaking? Any ideas? Because she was wearing florals in spring? (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't know why. She's, well, she was wearing a trouser suit. Ah. She's the first woman ever to wear a trouser suit on Eurovision. Wow, okay. Which just shows how far we've come. This is 66, for God's sake. Yeah. And she was the first one too, yeah. She would not wear a dress. Hooray for her. So what this really reminds me of, and I want you to play a bit of this in, ha, <laughs> forcing you to do some work, is Pentangle, which were a folk group in the 60s and early 70s. And there's a few songs that are very like that. Pentangle are most famous for doing the TV theme for a drama series called Take Three Girls, which was very popular in 1969, 1970. And that song was called Night Flight. And it kind of, you can feel the resonance, although this is quite a few years later. So maybe also Cleveland really influenced Pentangle. We do not know. Mm. But we're going to play in a bit of Night Flight now. Let's get away, you say, find a better place Miles and miles away from the city's race Look around for someone lying in the sunshine Marking time with a size Close your eyes So what I really liked about this was that she was playing the guitar and how she bookends the song, playing, yes. playing just her playing the guitar before the orchestra kicks in, mm-hmm. and then right at the very end, they all stop, and it just goes back to that little, that delicate moment. It went back to the simplicity of just her and the guitar and her voice, mm. and that was needed. And yet, I love the orchestral flourishes in the middle. Mm. There was that middle eight or whatever it is where the orchestra did the dun 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 Yeah, I just loved that. Often I think people go on about how wonderful it was to have the orchestra back in the day. Mainly the performers, I think, I've heard interviewed about Eurovision. But there was something really special about the way they really bolstered the performance here and made it stronger and more dynamic. 
and then it came back to the the small well not the small voice of Walter Cleveland just the quiet the intimate voice. yes intimate voice. yes I mm. encourage you to go and seek out more of Orsa Cleveland's work because she's amazing so everyone should spend a week with her I spent I spent <laughs> a week with her I was quite happy <laughs> so hurrah excellent <laughs> Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. Now I'm afraid as we come back from the break, we might have heard this next song a little too many times we watched the pop video I think I made you watch it on top of the pops and at Eurovision yep just a week ago and I'm going to force you to watch it again now who have we got Ryan from 1983 we've got Sweet Dreams with Never Giving Up who obviously represented the UK in 1983 yes it's our UK entry slot there with never giving up. I have a question for you. Yes. What do you think that 11-year-old Andy thought of Sweet Dreams and that song? 
I'm assuming it didn't want make you want to go out and get a mullet because we've got another mullet on our hands today, folks. <laughs> yeah, the mullet episode. Um, I imagine you probably dragged a, a chair out from the kitchen <laughs> and tried to do a bit of that choreography. Amazingly, I didn't do any bar stool, stool choreo, <laughs> but I did think it was the best song ever written. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I was like singing it all over the house. I'd go for a walk, I'd be singing it. Honestly, I thought it was just the bees effing knees. I loved it to bits. And whenever it came up on Top of the Pops, I remember it came up on the Keith Harrison Orville show. <laughs> I'd be like, it's sweet news, it's sweet news, shut up everyone. <laughs> I just loved it so very much. Well, I suppose, what, 11-year-old Andy? Yeah. Yeah, it, it perfectly hits that sort of age bracket of, of gay 11-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it does. Mm. Let's talk about it. What did you think about the performance? Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, rude. well, yeah. <laughs> I just... the ho- This whole bar... Like, they're on three bar stools. Yeah. And they do a whole choreography from it. And they, they start sat on them, and then they stand up on them. Like, stand up on the little footrest yeah. bit. Makes me nervous. It's dangerous, Makes me it? nervous. I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> don't like did, it I think they bit. performed it so many times that they were safe. It was okay. Well, and they did not deviate at all from the core... Um, Every time we saw it. <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. We should say the most important thing to say about this is, of course, one of the members of Sweet Dreams is no other than legend, <laughs> legend Cary Grant of Fame Academy. Mm-hmm. How much did we love Fame Academy back in the day? Bloody love Fame Academy. Can we play in a bit of the Fame Academy theme just for old times? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. have a little bit of a, a Fame Academy Series 1 moment. Ainsley Henderson, Marley Buck, Katie, whatever she was called. <laughs> um, who else was there? What were the names of all the people I love? Well, my, my absolute favourite was, was Sinead Quinn. Sinead Quinn? Who isn't, who does not exist on Spotify in it. David Snedden. The, well, there's no way that series could have been better constructed in a lab. But also, <laughs> the fact that that series, that series was my introduction to Claudia Winkleman ah. and her uh, fake leatherette. Because right. she did the, like, the after show show. Oh, I see. And yes. that, that was, like, peak, perfect Claudia Winkleman. And then, of course, there was Lamar as well. Mm, he, yeah, because he had quite a successful little pop career afterwards, did didn't he? he? I think pop career, that sounds but terrible. <laughs> who were the top two? Who was first and who was second? Do you remember? Oh, so there was that Alex. No, that was series two. Oh. Series one with David Snedden. Yeah, series one, David Snedden. And who was second in series one, though? Oh, was it the other guy that went to Eurovision? Who's that? There was a Fame Academy person. No, that's series two. That's James Fox. (laughs) I'm more about series two then. You do. I'm a bit worried about you. No, it was Sinead. Sinead was second. Oh yeah, I knew oh. she. I thought she was a second series. No, she's she was the first series. What, there was so much goodness oh. in series one, and the thing about series one was that everyone got into the house at the start, and they're like, I remember them sitting around and saying, "Oh yeah, one of the winners is here." The reality was both David and Sinead were replacements for people who dropped out, <laughs> and they came first and second, and I just loved. So it, they, that. and that's why I loved her because they they were both underdogs, I suppose, totally. weren't they? Yeah. Ainsley hated David. Yeah, and it was so funny because David was such a nice guy. Because Ainsley was a bit of a bad boy. He was, and he wore the terrible short shots at the gym sessions. <laughs> he was just brilliant. There was yeah. such. A... Anyway, this is a massive sidestep, but I'm... So, I hope yeah. you've enjoyed it. Sweet Dreams has enabled us to turn this into a Fame Academy podcast. Yes, briefly. <laughs> but the point is, Cary Grant was a brilliant judge on that series. Um, I loved the way she was so professional on it. And she's really professional here in her performance. And it's really nice that, that we're celebrating Cary Grant for a moment. I should mention the other members of Sweet Dreams. Helen Cray, who I don't know at all. <laughs> but she looks very like Leslie Ash from Men Behaving Badly. Mm. And the other person, Bobby McVeigh, who kind of looks like an identikit boy band member from the 80s in the UK anyway. And the amazing thing about him is that he later went on to be one of the members of Bucks Fizz. So he joined Jay, Mike and Cheryl, the original lineup as a member of The Fizz, as they're called, legally, not Bucks Fizz. And he was the fourth member for their brilliant album. If you've not revisited Bucks Fizz, the 2017 album, the F to Z of pop? Yeah, 
I think it's called, which is a terrible title, but it's a bloody, bloody good album. I love so much of that album. I'm tempted to say, and I'd like you to play <laughs> this now, but you probably can't. <laughs> if you do, the song Amen. Thank you. Right. <laughs> so, yes, what else do we say about Never Giving Up? How do you think it did? I, I think you said it won. Did you say it win? What, it this won? is a UK winner? No. No. Oh, okay. I have no idea then, because it, it's so... It's kind of one of those songs that's quite progressive for an 83 song. Hmm. I'm going to say fifth. It was sixth. Oh, <laughs> okay. I was heartbroken. <laughs> I was, like, sat with my little pad on the sofa, all grinchy and annoyed. I'm like... On your, on your little bar stool. <laughs> ready. <laughs> <laughs> ready to go... <laughs> but I think it was probably the Radio Times. I was probably underlining a scoreboard in the Radio Times and saying, this does not work for me. Hmm. Um, yeah, so... Mm, not happy. Didn't like it. This was the same year that Carola was in it with her song Framling, which came oh, third. Yep, yep, yep. I still don't understand why it was sixth. It was such an obvious winner. I thought. Still don't understand. But there you go. Maybe it was just a little bit before its time. Yeah, but it's quite Bucks Fizzy. But then Bucks Fizz, making your mind up, their performance in Eurovision was terrible, actually. Um, it was a good song for the time. But this is only two years later. I don't. It feels like it's in the same oeuvre to me. It could be that like overly confident that people just didn't it blend was, with, maybe because it was so polished, it, was, it, it was really polished. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When when you think about, for example, Sarushu, yeah, her performance, yeah. that was really underperformed and a bit, you know, it could have done with a another day of rehearsals, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this one was absolutely mm-hmm. so tight. So it came six. It got seventy nine points only. Sweden gave us twelve points. Correct. Thank, Thank you, Sweden. You. I think we often do that. UK and Sweden. We often <laughs> give each other twelve. Correct. We haven't talked about what they were wearing. They were wearing sort of faux exercise gear, which is sort of like that grey toweling material, mm. and they each had accent colours, didn't they? So Bobby was blue, Helen was yellow, and Carrie was in the red. Mm-hmm. Both uh, both of the women had the high heels with either socks or leg warmers on. Yeah. So Helen with the with the high heels and the little ankle sock, that's mm, a sight. Yeah. Brilliant. And Carrie's forever moving her bottom around, isn't she? And there's really tight, oh, she's, small she's shorts. Loving it, isn't she's she? Loving every minute. Headbands, I reckon, as well. Or sweatbands. Very, Were they sweatbands at that very, time? Very important. <laughs> so we also watched the music video, which we encourage you do we encourage you to, to go to it? It's so funny. It's set at a gym, isn't it? And there's a boxing yep. ring. Well, there's the women are doing calisthenics. I calisthenics. think they used to. Okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's far too oversexualized. Yeah. And then your man's doing his boxing because he, you know. Yeah, he wouldn't last two minutes in a boxing ring, would he? Though he was. It was funny how it was kind of like it was just because he was the man he was going to do yeah. that, but it's not him at all. Yeah. Not with his bum wiggle. <laughs> yeah, but they were all in like a, a sawdusty type gym. And it was very fame inspired. You could tell it was yeah. the same year as fame was really big <laughs> and like the leg warmers and let's do exercise, but also make it slightly sexy. Yeah. Very that. Has anyone ever fallen off a ball or come off a bar stool deliberately to signify a key change in the melody? That's what I want to know. I think it's probably the only time it's been done in Eurovision history. Yeah, they're, they're like Westlife, hold my beer. I'm going to do this far <laughs> better than you ever will. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And that's how I think we should remember them. Yeah. This charted in the UK singles chart at 21. No. Um, I don't have a copy of it on singles, so I never bought it despite my love for it, which is very odd. But mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> One of those things you don't understand. You think, how did I not have a copy? So thank you, sweet dreams. We will always remember you. Um, never give up. Never, never. Also, stand by for our eventual spin-off podcast, about Fame Academy, yeah, by the sounds of it. It's inevitable. <laughs> we'll go there. It'll be a limited-run podcast, but I think there'll be lots of interest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next up, we've got our second-place entry, which is Shum by Go A, who represented Ukraine in 2021.
So, go A with Shum. What do we think? Oh, it's so iconic, isn't it? Like, totally. That's amazing. <laughs> so this is only going back to 2021. Ukraine's record in Eurovision is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're, they know what they're doing. I haven't formally checked, but I can think of so many, like that Shady Lady second place. You've got um, Verka Sadushka second place. It won with this. Roslana won. It's come in the top ten so many times. They didn't win with this. This came second. No, I know, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying they're such a good record. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, of course, they won this year. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so I've got a funny relationship with this song, I think, because I remember, like, 2020, 2021 was when I first started really getting into Eurovision in the way of understanding the show before the actual show happened, you know, like, knowing who the artists were and then when they released the songs and everything. And I didn't like Go A in 2020 i just right. i just didn't get it right. and yeah, yeah. but then as soon the first time i heard this one it was like oh my god this is amazing i yeah. love this yeah and it's so not a song that i would necessarily like mm-hmm. i feel but it's that it's one of those songs that like because because you're exposed to it through eurovision it's a really good example of music that you wouldn't necessarily be exposed to in your sort yeah. of general yeah. you know spotify playlist yeah, or, or exactly. whatever is on the radio yeah. so it, it's one of those that really really hooked me and i remember telling you like this is going to be really good this is yeah, and I you were like, saying it was going to place really high yeah and, and you're like, like i don't know about that yeah yes and i was correct <laughs> you also mentioned to me that band member ihor didn't is a member of kalish orchestra who won with ukraine this year with yeah Stefania. yeah is he the is he the flute player yes uh-huh so we know it plays second. Maniskin won. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a popular winner, just not with me. I don't know what my problem with Italy is in the Eurovision, but I get to, I get a sort of I get a sort of rage, don't I, about Italy getting points? Well, yeah, and also you're not really a big rock guy either. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's not for me. <laughs> but maybe you could also just tell that they weren't because they've kind of they've kind of shunned Eurovision. Well, it's given them a great platform, and I I'm not convinced that. Well, they came back for the the thing the performance, didn't they? Yeah, but I think like in all their bios online, they've taken out the Eurovision, like mentions of Eurovision, and they've kind of talked more about like being at the Grammys and things like that. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't about them. No, it's not about them. So can we stop talking about Maniskin, please, and talk about Go A? Um, Their members are Katerina Pavlenko, Taras Shevchenko, as we've already mentioned, Ihor Didenchuk, and Ivan Hihoriak. And we can't mention Ukraine these days without saying... Fuck off, Russia. (laughs) (laughs) That's all there is to say really about that, isn't there? Yeah. It's got to that point where it's kind of like we've lived with that war for so long that it's almost like you don't hear it reported as much. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. But that was a brilliant performance. I must say also about um, two things that stuck out with the staging was the animation of the running man is really iconic as it once it gets faster yeah it's got a, just the performance in general has got such a build to it hasn't yeah. it and it's you know they're in this the staging is there in this sort of like white dead forest yes which which reminds me of the petrified jungle on scaro from the very first dalek story in 1963 <laughs> just to tell you that good and then you've got <laughs> two guys with their tron halos that they are dancing around yeah but they just make me think of um ring lights now (laughs) (laughs) i suppose everyone would have had a ring light around that time so like just use your ring light (laughs) you introduced me to ring lights didn't you you need to know your lighting and you need to know your angles darling yes and i did and i the amount of compliments i got when i started doing the work um in 2021 about having a ring light behind me and how oh you look very oh well in front of me Riley Mm. you look really good in this light i'm like yes i know how to light myself thanks ryan (laughs) thank you very much and the one time that I talked to someone in Sweden from this bedroom, because I was having to do the call here. Oh, yeah. And they said, you don't look very well today. <laughs> I've got my damn ring light. <laughs> anyway, enough about my vanity. God, I can't believe you asked me about that mm. and made me... Made it all about made you. Made me volunteer <laughs> that information for the podcast. <laughs> oh, you could you could have mentioned your ding. The ding. Oh, I love the ding. I, I think that is a be- the best timed ding in a song ever. And even though you were like, well, it's a very small, quiet ding. It's like when it dings and the tempo changes. Yeah, yeah that, that's a really good moment. Yeah. And that and that's when the running graphics in the background start. And it's yeah. it's so energetic. I feel like if you were listening to that in a gym or doing mm-hmm. something, you know. I mean, is it comparable to the um, the coming off the stools for the key change in um, Sweet Dreams? <laughs> 
Well, it's less risky, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> There's less danger Ding. involved, but I think they could try harder. They could have come off a petrified <laughs> forest. They could have just sort of jumped off it or something. I don't know. That was Ukraine in 2021. Shum by Go A. Who have we got now? So up next is our Juice Award. <gasps> I need you to go to Eurovision. And we've got Cindy with I'll Leave My Heart, who tried to represent the UK in 2007. And this has been recommended by one of our dear listeners. Yes, John Watt 876 <laughs> on the Twitters. He said this is one of the songs that should have got there. So we listened to it and thought, correct. Yeah. And thank you for the recommendation. Yeah, thank you. Keep them coming. Here it is. So that was Cindy with I'll Leave My Heart in 2007, part of the Eurovision You Decide programme, the national selection. So listening to that, though, in more depth and for this podcast, mm. it does feel quite plagiarised. There, there, is, a li- <laughs> there <laughs> is a little bit of a ballad by numbers. We've got Loch Lomond at the start. We've got a bit of old Lang Syne in there. Over the Sea I'll Be Sailing, which is Sailing by Rod Stewart. And you've definitely got You Lift Me Up as well. Mm. It's all of those patched together in a way that makes it memorable because you know all those songs. <laughs> yeah. And it is quite compelling and it's quite emotional. It's a good ballad. Yeah. And it 
it's got a really nice build to it. And there's no denying she's got a good voice. Yeah. But regardless of any of that stuff, I still wanted it to go to Eurovision more than effing Scooch. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scooch. Yeah, so the year that Scooch represented the UK. Flying the flag. I hate it for so many different reasons. I hate it because it's really... Brexity, even before Brexit was a thing, it's all it's so British and flags everywhere and everything, and it's sort of like celebrating that sort of like air hostess weirdness. Oh, well, yeah. When you watch it at Eurovision, it's a bit of a like it's a sticking your fingers up at Eurovision. Yeah, exactly. Saying, We're not yeah. taking this seriously. We're happily British here. We don't take this contest seriously. It's a load and of we're old flying our flag all over the world. Yes, <laughs> it's it's so Brexity. It makes me angry. Yeah. I don't know whether I'm reading too much into it, but I remember on the night when it did really badly in um, 2007, I was just so happy. I was like, yes, it did really shit. Vindication. (laughs) Yeah, it was such a strong year. And it was a year when everyone was doing really good songs. And there's a way you can have fun with Eurovision, like Verka Sadushka did that year, and with Dancing Lasha Tumbai. And there's a way which is like saying, we're not taking this seriously, we're just going to do a party song, you know, we're Britain, we're this. Yeah. And it's about time Britain fucking realised, well, the UK realised, well, they have now with Sam Ryder, but... Yeah. For so long, the British public would vote for shit like Scooch. This was a serious contender. I think it would have been top ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe if it had gone further, there might have been some lawyers on the <laughs> saying, hang on, over the sea you'll be sailing, will you, Cindy? Okay, maybe we'll have a word with Rod about that. Definitely more worthy than Scooch. Definitely. Yeah. But a strong year in terms of the number of performers who I've heard of who performed for Eurovision You Decide in 2007. You had Liz McLaren, formerly of Atomic Kitten. You had Big Brothers. Who was the other one that we mentioned? Oh, it was the guy from The Darkness. Yes, Justin, Justin Hawkins. Yes, Justin Hawkins. It was all quite surprising. But this was Cindy who won through with Scooch to the... They, everyone voted and then they voted for the top two. And it was between Scooch and Cindy and the British public. Cannot, cannot be, be trusted. trusted. <laughs> so we've got effing Scooch going to Eurovision, flying the flag in the most Brexity way possible for effing crappy. So are we, are we blaming pop. Scooch for the beginning of Brexit? I would like to blame them for that. <laughs> I would even put other stuff at their door, which isn't fair. <laughs> the war in Ukraine. Anything. Anything, quite honestly. Okay, so that's the Juice Award. Where are we going next? Well, next is the randomizer. Oh my lord. So let's fire up the randomizer. So if you remember earlier in the episode, I said it was going to be 2010, and you said it was going to be 1985. 85, yeah. Let's see. Okay, I'm clicking the button now. 2005. Ooh. That's a good year, 2005. I'm quite excited. So there were 24 songs that year? Yep. Right, let's go. 18. Now, usually they put songs about 18, 17 that they think are going to win. So let's see what that is. Intrigued. So the winner was the 19th song, (laughs) which was Helena Paparizzi with my number one. But we have not got that. We have got a song from Croatia. And it is Boris Novkovic featuring Lado members. And the song is Vukovi Umuru Sami. Ko sidro, veže mrak, u meni 
So that was Vukovi Umuru Sami by Boris Novkovich um, for Croatia in 2005. So that performance was quite intense, wasn't it? Yes, he was very pointy and very punchy in the air. Yes, <laughs> there was lots of gesticulation. Yes. Um, I think it behoves us to find out what it all means. Mm-hmm. And the song actually means wolves die alone. Fun. Or, yeah. Um, I'll read the first verse to you. Dramatic reading, please. Silence ties the dark like an anchor. The fear in me slowly melts away. This love was a vision. This is not my time. Only a few hours left till dawn, and outside unrest, as if a war is on. I put my coat on and leave <laughs> to forget everything. Well, at least he's put his coat on. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got the, the chorus, which is repeated, which is, and once again, boats sail down the Danube. Don't you worry about me anymore. I'm like leaves. The wind blows me away. Wolves die alone. So um, what is it trying to say? I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. He's not sat on a bar stool kicking his legs and not. throwing confetti He's around, not is he? He's gear either. No. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you think it did? Oh, I have Out of 25, 24. I'm going to say it'll be probably... I'd want it to be on the right-hand side, so I'm going to say it's on the left-hand side, so maybe... 13th. It was 11th. Okay. Yes, you're pretty good at this. <laughs> Scored 115 points. It did much better in the semi-final. It came fourth in the semi-final. Wow. And this was the point at which the semi-final was just, I think it was just one semi-final in 2005, if I'm correct. There weren't two back in the day. Okay. I might be wrong, but I think that. Yeah. So he was in a black suit. It had this sort of Paddington toggles on it. I mm. always think of those Paddington toggle duffel toggles. But they almost look more like teeth. Yeah. If if the wolf dies alone. Yeah, and he had floppy hair, not particularly wolfy, too old to be a wolf. Yeah, pretty clean shaven as well. And then the women were wearing what I presume is a form of traditional Croatian dress, which is lacy, long dress. And then there's the random guy who was the drummer. Who, who looked like up, he'd just come from a techno rave. Who ended up doing acrobatics on the stage. Yeah, he's doing at one point he's doing a handstand and then clapping his feet together like hands. Yeah. And then there was a traditional bagpipe type guy off to one side yeah. doing whatever he was doing yeah. well we've got our episode title though which I'm very pleased about we've got it's called Mullets and Acrobats M- yes <laughs> very good very good because <laughs> we've had acrobats we've had Katie zooming around on a big stilt we've had the, the barstool choreo and all of that so that so Boris finished in 11th back in 2005 the song that came after it slightly well better known my number one by Helena Paparizzi Mm. brilliant song which won that year but it's nice that the randomizer gives us something different and as soon as the chorus kicked in I suddenly remembered it and I was back there yeah 17 years ago it's a long time (laughs) so should we take a vote on whether it gets on our playlist or not it doesn't get do we need a (laughs) we don't even need it doesn't get on the playlist I'm sorry no No. we don't need wolves dying alone on our playlist do we (laughs) no not really it's not going to pep you up in the car or anything, is it? <laughs> it's funny because I knew that the bit Nebrini meant don't worry because I remember a song from Croatia called Nebrini, which was really good. Nebrini, Nebrini, do do do. And that was don't worry. 
but yes. Bit of Croatian. That'll come in handy in September when I go there, won't it? If anything goes wrong, I'll say Nebrini. <laughs> I think this comes out in October. Oh, so I'll have been to Croatia. Yeah. And Croatia will have done me. <laughs> Croatia won't have heard you not liking their song until you've already been there. Okay. So that's good. It's a relief. out of Croatia. Yeah. How dare you not add this to your playlist? Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, that was quite a mix of an episode, wasn't it? Yeah, we've had some high highs and some low lows. I think so. We've been all over the place. <laughs> all over Europe, as it should be, for Is This Not a Eurovision Podcast? Thank you for listening. Please do connect with us on our socials. We're not just saying it for fun. This isn't meant to be a waste of breath. This is meant to create positive action on your part. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I think we still only have one. Rude. Please write a nice review saying we're great and that you enjoy the feel of the podcast. And um, if you want us to start our Fame Academy podcast as well. Yeah, also let us know. We're all ready for that, aren't we? Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> the Henderson special episode writes itself. But... Other than that, you can follow us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod. You can email us at EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on the old Insta, can't you? EurovisionQueens. Yeah. Until next time, bye. Bye. Welcome to Eurovision Queens. Hello, Andy here. That's wrong. We've got a script. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. You can do that if no, you want. It's fine. Go crazy with Heaven it. Heaven forbid we got a beer and everything in you. <laughs> <laughs> the boozy okay, after hours. Buy the script this time. Huh? Okay, go. <laughs>